All right, welcome back to another episode of the Podium Pusher podcast. Today we are reacting to qualifying at the Bahrain Grand Prix. As always, my name is Justin, here by myself for another audio-only podcast. Let's hop right into it, starting with Q1, which we lost Gasly, Ocon, Sargent, Joe, and Bottas. Not a lot of surprises in that session. Obviously, Gasly and Ocon being 19th and 20th is crazy. I predicted that they would be slow this week, and I thought that there was definitely some prudence to those rumors that they were going to be slower than maybe their test suggested, and that was correct. I didn't expect them to be 19th and 20th. That is definitely not a great way for them to start the weekend, but it's just the first race of a long season. I expect them to move forward a little bit tomorrow. I don't think they'll get into the points, but we might see a 15th or 16th finish from them. I think the race pace will improve just a little bit, but I don't necessarily think that they're going to end up a lot higher than that on the grid uh, tomorrow. Logan Sargent, still quite the gap to Alex Albin. Maybe not as big as it was last year, but still fairly big. I got excited after his first run and saw that he was closer to Alex Albin, uh, but that was at the very beginning of the session, as the session went on, the gap between him and Alex Albin got a lot bigger, but he didn't qualify last, so I will take the P18 from Logan Sargent and move on from there. We'll see what kind of race he has tomorrow. Expect him to maybe move forward a little bit as well, um, but it doesn't seem like Williams has a massive advantage with uh, the straights on this track. Obviously, there are a lot of slow-speed corners at Bahrain as well, and that seems to be where Williams struggles a little bit. So we'll see where he ends up in relation to the whole grid, but definitely still that gap between Logan Sargent and, and Alex Albon, which isn't super surprising. Uh, lastly, Joe and Bottas both being out in Q1, I think that's pretty much where we all expected the kicks Sauber's to be, and so that's not super surprising either. Seeing them in 16th and 17th, that's probably where that car deserves to be. Uh, probably around where they'll finish tomorrow. Just going to be another year of that team, whether they're Sauber, Alfa Romeo, uh, still finishing in the bottom half of the midfield, not really doing anything, kind of just getting lost in the race. But at least we'll probably get to see the green of that car as they get lapped by Max Verstappen, and that might look good uh, on TV. So that'll be cool. But 16th and 17th out of Bottas and Joe, not super surprising. Moving on to Q2, where we lost Kevin Magnuson, Daniel Ricciardo, Alex Albin, Lance Stroll, and Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, Kevin Magnuson making it out of Q1 and into Q2 was more surprising to me than him getting eliminated in Q2. He looked to be on the back foot this weekend, very much so behind Nico Hulkenberg across the entire weekend. But Nico Hulkenberg has been on another level. Obviously, we'll talk about him later because he was not on this Q2 list because he made it into Q3. And from all of the practice sessions and Q1 and Q2, Nico Hulkenberg was strides ahead of Kevin Magnussen. And so Kevin Magnussen finishing 15th, again, is more of a surprise that he didn't finish lower than the fact that he got knocked out in 15th place. Um, obviously, we know that the Haas is a very slow car. Maybe not the slowest car anymore. Maybe it is the Alpine that is the outright slowest car and how Haas uh, can be encouraged that both of their cars made it out of Q1, which is something that didn't happen frequently last season. So they can be encouraged by that. But 
with Kevin Magnussen, he was very far off Nico Hulkenberg, and it's just going to look like it's going to be another year of him getting beat pretty comprehensively by Nico across the course of the season. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if this was Kevin's last year in Formula One that, that they would keep Nico and get a young driver in that seat for next season. But Kevin Magnussen, P15, not off to a great start. Both of the RB drivers got knocked out in Q2, Daniel Ricciardo and Yuki Tsunoda. All weekend long, Daniel was ahead of Yuki, and then as soon as Q1 started, I was like, oh man, Daniel's going to get out qualified by Yuki. I was correct, unfortunately. Yuki Tsunoda missing out on Q3 by the smallest of margins, so you got to feel for him. He sounded uh, pretty defeated by that on the radio, and, and I would be too if I missed out by that small of a margin. Uh, so it'll be fun to see where they can move up towards in the race. I think they definitely had better race pace in their simulations than they did qualifying pace. And so it'll be interesting to see if that car can move up into the points. Both of them are in position to get points. Uh, you got to think that Nico Hulkenberg is going to fall back. Um, you know, you got to think that uh, there might be some uh, retirement due to mechanical failures because it is the first race of the season. And so both of them have a chance to move up but definitely didn't expect to see that big of a gap between Daniel Ricciardo and Yuki Tsunoda. Timing-wise, it it wasn't that big of a gap. It was like a, a tenth and a half, two tenths, um, but just ended up being a larger position gap because the field is really tight this year, which is super encouraging, but it also just means in the midfield that one little mistake, one little slip-up is going to be even more costly than it has been in years past. And so that's exciting to see as the season goes forward as, as teams continue to develop their car and we'll get to see if those gaps stay this small or if we'll see them begin to widen and we'll get a true pecking order because right now these teams are all over the place we don't really have a true pecking order besides Alpine at the bottom and Red Bull at the top uh, other than that the middle is still all mixed up which is super exciting uh, as we start this new season Alex Alvin in P13 um Good qualifying from him, far ahead of his teammate. And, you know, uh, two years ago, we would have said, wow, he's really dragging this Williams up into Q2 and, and kind of flirting with Q3. Now this is kind of what we expect, and part of us is even a little disappointed when he doesn't make it into Q3. I'm not disappointed in him for getting eliminated in Q2. I think Bahrain isn't Williams' strongest track, as I said earlier. Uh, they have some slow speed corners, and so that definitely doesn't play into their hand. But we will see if he can move forward during the race as well. I think he has good race craft, and so we could see him move forward a little bit during the race, maybe score some points. Last year, he did sneak into the edge of the points, so I think that's definitely possible and would start Williams' year out on the right foot. I think that P5 to P8 area of the constructor standings, maybe P5 to P7 stake might be a little too far back to uh, get into that fight. But I think that's going to be super hotly contested this year. It's going to be really fun to see if Alpine can find a way to get back into that fight. I wouldn't be surprised if they did end up back in that fight by the end of the year. I mean, they are a factory team and they have performed well in years past. You know, if they got the concept wrong this year, then go back and lean on the concept you had last year and, and build a new car from that perspective, you know. So it'll be super easy uh, or super interesting to see what happens in that middle midfield fight this year. And, you know, from the very first race, picking up those P10s 
uh, P9s, P10s is going to be super important. So if Alex Albin can start the year off right for Williams in that way, that will be vital. Lance Stroll, P12, not super surprised by that one either. Probably should have been in Q3 based on Fernando Alonso's performance, but you know we saw this plenty of times last year. Fernando Alonso would get into Q3 and get the maximum out of that car, and Lance Stroll would end up knocked out in Q2, even sometimes Q1. P12, not the end of the world. I definitely think points are still on the table for him tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if he moved forward with Alex Albin and they're fighting for the P8s, P9s, P10s when it comes to the end of the Grand Prix. But it's just super interesting because there are, you know, five teams that could fill up that top five and Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, uh, Aston Martin, and Mercedes. Like those teams fill up the top five teams of the grid. And so that's the full 10 points. And then you throw in a, a Nico Hulkenberg and a Yugi Sonoda and, and an Alex Albin who are here on the edge fighting for these points. And so points are so hard to come by this year. And so that's just going to lead to some incredible fighting. You know, who knows what the front of the field is going to be like. You know, we had a close fight for pole, closer than we expected. But it's, you know, maybe we have a better fight in the midfield than we have up front, which is what it has been in the years past. But this year it could be really interesting of saying, like, these teams are really close. You know, Q3 or Q1 was within the whole field was in one second. And so if the team is is this close, that could be super interesting to see how it develops over the course of the season. But Lance Stroll outperformed by his teammate again. I don't think any of us are really surprised by that. And P12 really isn't the worst thing in the world for him. Lastly, Q3, we have Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Fernando Alonso, Lando Norris, Oscar Piastri, Lewis Hamilton, and Nico Hulkenberg. That is your top 10. It's a Max Verstappen poll. None of us were surprised by that. Uh, it was maybe a little bit closer than we thought it was going to be, but when push came to shove, Max Verstappen did do what he needed to do to get pole position. Um, ended up being a fairly large margin. He improved on his last lap, and we knew that uh, he was going to put in that lap when it mattered, and so none of us were really surprised by that. Uh, we had Charlotte Claire in P2. He ended up putting in the fastest lap of all of qualifying. Uh, his Q2 lap ended up being faster than the pole time. Obviously, track conditions are slightly different, um, but who knows? Maybe if he put in that lap in Q3 and really got the most of the car in that session, could have been him on pole, but there still ended up being a pretty sizable gap to Max Verstappen. But there is hope for tomorrow. We might have a race on our hands uh, with that Ferrari with Charlotte Claire at the wheel. George Russell getting P3. Let's go, George. Call him my podium pusher. Beating Lewis Hamilton by this much in qualifying. He's got to be in the fight for podium pusher of the weekend. Uh, P3 for him is really good. Carlos Sainz, P4. Not that big of a gap to Charlotte Claire, which is encouraging to see for him. Uh, I thought he would finish a little bit higher. He definitely looked like, over the course of testing and even practice this week, that he maybe had an edge on Charlotte Claire. And so to see him finish two spots behind him isn't terrible. Um, you know, we'll definitely have a chance to fight for a podium during the weekend. I think the Ferraris will have better race pace than the Mercedes. And so he definitely has a chance to fight for that P3, maybe even P2 with his teammate, because I think his race pace is his strong suit. Uh, so I think Kyle Sainz is one to watch for the race. Sergio Perez in P5, not 
terrible, not great either. I think, like I've been saying all weekend long, just kind of an afterthought from Sergio Perez. None of us expected him to be fighting for pole, and none of us are surprised by him ending up in P5, uh, kind of what we expected for him. Don't necessarily expect him to, definitely don't expect him to fight for the win. Maybe he'll be fighting for the podium, but I don't think so. Fernando Alonso, P6, got super excited after he did that lap when the track was empty and looked, you know, P3. I was like, that's awesome. He went kind of crazy, slowly tumbled down the order as the track got faster and everyone else did their laps, but P6 is still great for Aston Martin. That's where he qualified last season, and so maybe we'll see another Fernando Alonso podium. Maybe the Aston Martin will have better race pace than they had qualifying pace. You know, there's still so many questions about these teams because we've now seen them in qualifying and gotten a better idea of their pace, but I think the race pace of these teams could be so much different, which is super exciting to think about for tomorrow's race. Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri finished P7 and P8. Norris ahead of Piastri. Not super surprising, but not that big of a gap either. Uh, I expect McLaren to be able to move forward in tomorrow's race. I think we were a little bit disappointed by the qualifying position, but this is a trend that we saw last year. You know, the McLarens would qualify a little bit below what we thought their potential was and then move up during the race. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that tomorrow, but I also just think in general, Bahrain, not a great track for the McLarens. You know, in the past, they've had major issues here and been very off the pace. So for their not a great track to be seventh and eighth with a chance to move up in the race still ahead of a Mercedes, which is who will probably be their most direct rival in the constructor standings. You know, I think that bodes very well for them. And I think that they can be very happy with that, especially based on how they've performed the past couple of years in Bahrain and what we can what we know they can do with developing their car over the course of a season. Um, Lewis Hamilton, P9, probably the shock of qualifying that Lewis Hamilton finished qualifying that low. Definitely didn't expect that. Um, I, I really thought that he would finish higher than that. He's had the jump on George Russell all weekend long. And so, you know, expected him to, you know, continue to have the edge on George Russell. But when push came to shove in Q3, he only ended up P9. And there were definitely moments in all sessions where Mercedes was in the drop zone. And, you know, I knew each time that they were going to get out, but still to see them in that position after their first run at each sessions, I mean, you know, it, it puts them on the back foot when they know that they need that lap at the end of the session to get through or to get a higher grid position. You're just putting unnecessary pressure on yourself at that point. So really interesting to see Mercedes fall from FP2 where they finished P1 and P2. Obviously, didn't necessarily expect them to carry that over, but also interesting to see the contrast between the P3 and the P9. Um, so we'll see if that evens out more in the race tomorrow, if Lewis moves forward and George moves back and they end up finding themselves on track. But right now, George Russell, Mr. Saturday, won out on the departing Lewis Hamilton. And P10, very impressive. Nico Hulkenberg, he looked very good throughout all of qualifying, Q1 and Q2. Absolutely stellar laps. Um, kind of figured he would end up P10. Um, you know, there's definitely a big, big gap between Haas and those cars he was fighting. But just being in Q3, very impressive, I hope. I hope, I hope that Haas has figured out their tire issues and he will actually get to race for points tomorrow. 
there's no shot he scores points tomorrow. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Crazy stuff would have to happen for him to stay out of the likes of Sonoda, Stroll, Alba, and Ricardo behind him. I think all of those cars have a good chance of getting ahead of him during the race tomorrow just because of the state of that Haas. But Q3 for Nico Hulkenberg, very impressive, uh, showing that he is very deserving of that seat, very deserving of a future in Formula One. Um, but that is your rundown of Q3 from Max Verstappen to Nico Hulkenberg. Let us know your thoughts on this qualifying prediction in the question on this podcast, but also let us know on social media. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on there. Give us a follow, a like, a subscribe, leave us a review. We are just so thankful that we get to do this and talk to you guys about Formula One. Truly one of the greatest joys of my life. I know it is a big blessing to Brandon as well. Let us know your predictions for the race tomorrow. We'll be posting our race prediction graphic before lights out. Brandon did have the more accurate qualifying prediction, so I have to redeem myself in the race tomorrow, which is what I plan to do. So be sure to head over to Instagram and the community section of our YouTube to check that out. We will see you later next week when we talk about uh, everything that happens in the Bahrain Grand Prix. Hope you all have a lovely rest of your day and enjoy seeing Formula One racing on a Saturday in Bahrain. The Formula One season is finally here in 2024. It is time for the first race and we're so excited. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.